fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? so much for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Henry Ely. It is always good to be here with you. Um, so much to talk about. It just never slows down. It never stops, does it? Um, we have a lot of good to talk about today. I want to talk about this wonderful event that I was able to participate in over the weekend, um, Path Forward. Um, beautiful event put on by Dr. Laura Rubiales. Um, great folks there. Got to finally meet the great Dr. Peter McCullough in person after, you know, us working together on various things for the last several years. Um, that was really a treat. Such a good, good dude. Uh, got to meet Angie Farella finally and, and Jeff Barkey. And, um, and I, you know, I'm calling them by their names, but clearly doctors, right? Um, Dr. Ben Marble, the funniest presentation on COVID I've ever seen in my life, needed it so much. But, um, you know, just just great, great people, um, by and large. I mean, it was just fantastic, fantastic stuff um, all weekend. So we're going to share with you a little bit about that. Um, I did a presentation on fasting, autophagocytosis, and DNA repair. We're going to put a link to that in the show notes on the podcast so you can have access to it. It's like an hour and a half video, full lecture on what we've learned so far about working with people who are severely injured by the shots and how we're helping to get them stable and hopefully um, on the pathway to full recovery. Um, you know, there's, there's some challenges in the way, but, you know, we're working on that and solving those things. And there's a great group of doctors and scientists all around the world who are collaborating on this. And I'm really privileged to be among them, uh, and sharing information that I'm learning, learning from them as well. It's just really a great thing. Uh, Dr. Christina Parks, who will be on next week with me has done a great job of organizing, uh, learning sessions. Um, collaboration uh, sessions, sharing sessions with a bunch of docs um, and scientists, uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits, uh, uh, Stephanie Seneff from MIT, um, just, just phenomenal people really doing a great job of teaching and solving the problem. There's a massive problem, but we're all working together to solve it. So I guess that's what I'm grateful for is the collaboration. You know, like there's a lot of people in this who are doing it for the right reasons, their heart's in the right place. Um, we're sharing information. We're doing what good people do. We do. Good people don't ask for permission to do the right thing. P good people just go out and do the right thing, you know? Uh, so that's that's been really good. Um, also the series I've been doing with Malcolm, um, the uh, Health and Freedom series, the Eight Essential Steps. Whew, oh my God, we just recorded the seventh one. And it's such a phenomenal series. It's so easy for everyone to understand how to build this wonderful health lifestyle, right? This healthy lifestyle. And in doing so, the, the benefit is that you get to be free. You know, you don't need to rely on a 
industry that clearly doesn't care about you. Um, you know, I, I was, I'm, I'm taken aback right now a little bit because of uh, a new patient that I just took on. Um, we just did a, a session. She's severely injured by the shot, folks. Um, she's now wheelchair bound. She's been hospitalized. Um, now, as of today, we haven't started treatment yet, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, thanks to your generosity, for those of you who've been donating to the school, donating to the, the COVID uh, con and beyond the con kind of uh, fund, some of that money and some of the money we've been able to generate from some of the events we've done um, goes to help people who are injured by the shots. And this poor woman, mother of three, took the Moderna shot. Um, now she's wheelchair bound, has had to basically use a um, pubic catheter to uh, be able to urinate every day. She's had to self-catheterize. Can you imagine that every single day? Um, she's gotten, had gotten a trachea, um, a tracheotomy, uh, not a tracheotomy, but uh, a trachea. Yeah, tracheotomy, she has. Um, a uh, been hospitalized for pneumonia three times at least, uh, has been hospitalized for gastroparesis um, and and, and I mean, it's just been one nightmare after the other. And you can, in talking with her, just feel the hardship of the journey she's been on trying to recover her health. Um, it's just really devastating. And, and that she's a mother of three on top of all this, you know, um, it's, it's staggering, you know, what's happening to people, happening to our fellow Americans out there. Um you know, and I, I, you know, think of, you know, all every day, really all day, it's, it's becoming, it's become an obsession of wanting to help people and, and not for my own ego and certainly not for any fortune or fame or anything like that. It's just, you know, doing what's right, you know, feeling that call to service that God has called us all into and, you know, and, and doing the best job that, that I can do. Um, you know, and praying that God will make me a vessel of his love, of his healing and of his wisdom, you know, every, every day that I'm working with folks. Um, so it, it got me so much because we've been focusing so much. We get so many emails in from people all around the world uh, at the Energetic Health Institute, people in desperate need of help and they're scared and you can feel it more and more palpably now that people are very scared that they have injected something in their bodies and that that thing they inject in their bodies may kill them you can it's palpable the fear that that we're hearing out there now and um so what we decided to do is we decided to put together a course and i'm going to talk a little bit about that today it's very inexpensive uh course called the art of cellular healing which collects where what we've learned so far about getting people stable who have gotten the shot and are declining, but also applies to people with long COVID and also people just with just any general disease process going on. Like we're going to show you how to make natural medicine work for you by not focusing on the disease, but on, by focusing on the cellular environment and making sure that you're doing what you can do to put your cells in the most optimal environment to heal, right? The art of cellular healing. Um, and, uh, we're really excited about it. It's a great, great course. Uh, we'll talk with you a little bit more in, in another segment about it. But the, the point being that we wanted to give people a foundation to be able to be a part of their own rescue while we're building other things. So that the after I had that conversation with um, 
the patient, my new patient earlier this week, and I, I hope she's okay. I just reached out to her to check on her. And apparently she had to be hospitalized today and we haven't gotten our work started yet. So I'm just like, man, I've got my fingers crossed that we're going to be able to get her stable because uh, things aren't looking great right now. Um, but, you know, you go through these experiences and you you hear the cries of people out there and you go, man, what can I do? You know, I mean, I'm doing so much. I, what can I do? What more can I do to to help out? So um, I talked with leadership at the school and starting November 1st, and we'll announce this again, uh, and I'm sure Malcolm will help us get the word out. But starting November 1st, we're going to open up a free um, consultation clinic um, every Tuesday at 1 p.m. online. Um, you know, we're going to take one case um, and uh, go over that case and use that case as a, a learning opportunity for everybody. Um, and then we're going to take questions from as many questions as we can in that session. And we'll just keep doing that every week, uh, every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific, um, where we just have a live Zoom chat for anybody around the world that wants to, to join. I'm happy to give my thoughts and consultation for educational purposes and for people to be able to discuss with their medical teams where they are um, so we can start helping these folks. There's a lot of people um, that are in desperate need right now. So I'm grateful for that opportunity. Um, I'm sure I'll be vilified for doing it. Don't care. Um, you know, anybody who would vilify someone doing something like that is really the villain. You know, there's they're pointing a finger and there's three pointing right back at them. And over the last couple of weeks, we've seen a couple of things happen um, that weren't so good. You know, we saw something from Boston University where Boston University um, produced a even more lethal version of this already existing bioweapon. And this was produced on American soil. They're saying it's not gain of function, but it's more lethal. So it gained something. And I think they're getting lost in semantics. The, the whole point is that this type of research should be banned, let alone banned completely off of U.S. soil. It should be internationally banned, messing around with what they're messing around with right now. Um, imagine if something like that gets out. I mean, how how close to an extinction level event do we have to go before we realize that that's a bad idea, right? Um, so I started doing some background work, some research into that because I, I, you know, I, I got to thinking, you know, I'm a, I'm a Sun Tzu art of war kind of guy, and I got to thinking about what are we doing tactically that could be effective. Where where are we missing some low hanging fruit, you know? Um, it was very early on in 2020 that they began with the dirty dozen, uh, the, the, excuse me, the disinformation dozen, right? Kevin Jenkins, Sayer G, there was, I think Dr. Sherry Tenpenny was on it. Um, Dr. Mercola, you know, um, uh, you know, I think RFK was on their children's health defense, but they basically said there are these 12 organizations that are accounting for the vast majority of anti-vax misinformation out there, nonsense, right? You mean people telling the truth. There were this many people doing a great job of telling the truth. So what they did was they started, they called us all out by name, you know? And I think the thing that we've done tactically is we've been too kind. They blame us as individuals and people, right? They, they don't, they go after us as individuals, but we take our blame out on alphabet organizations like the CDC and the FDA. 
and on buildings, you know, White House, instead of, you know, saying, let's look at that individually. It's not the CDC that's doing something. It's not the FDA that's doing something. They're, they're not real. They're organizations. It's the people in those organizations that are making our lives hell because we continue to tactically miss the mark. We continue to tactically blame alphabets and buildings instead of instead of calling the people out for what they've done why did you do this we have a right as citizens to for peaceful inquiry we have a right to contact you in a professional way in a public way you know as you're leaving your contact information so i, I looked up for the boston university i looked up the two boards that approved the um the research one of the boards was um actually exists under the NIH, the National Institutes of Health. And there's, um, uh, there's uh, let's see, 13 members on that board. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that. I'm going to publish on that uh, pretty soon. Uh, there's also another board uh, that's appointed by the Boston mayor, uh, and it's called the Boston Public Health Commission. And there's seven members, seven people on that. So essentially, the, there were 20 people that gave a thumbs up, 20 people gave a thumbs up to the approval for the Boston University gain of function research, you know, the increased lethality of SARS-CoV-2 research. Um, and you get to thinking, these aren't people who are elected. These are people who are appointed. Where are they getting kickbacks? You know, follow the money. What's what's in it for them to not question any of this? They're, they're, it's like they've handpicked these committees that to make it look like there's some watchdog, some concern, some some process of of opposition, and so that there's some kind of rigorous thing that these research article, um, you know, re these research experiments have to go through before they get approved. Like it's in question. It's not in question if you seated the committee with everybody on it and they're not elected, they're appointed, you know, so who appoints them and, and what do they get out of this, right? How else can you explain, you know, two separate bodies approving garbage research that's incredibly dangerous, right? Those are people that are on the take. How else can you explain it? You go to the um, uh, advisory committee for immunization practices, the ASIP meeting this week. And what was the vote? 15 to zero. 15 to zero to add an experimental shot onto the child's schedule. So I, I did write an article on this, and I, I think you should read it, because I, I think we should all meet the 15 people who um, you know, were responsible for this, okay? The 15 ACIP members, you know, I went and looked them up and I thought, okay, we'll go and look up on the CDC site, the, the ACIP uh, members, and, and they'll have some contact information, you know, we can send through a, a CDC address, right? Professional address, they're a member of a professional, they've been appointed to a professional committee um, in the CDC. Shouldn't the CDC issue them some contact information so that we can just go directly through the CDC for issues with ASIP, right? Well, you think you would, but 
but that's not how the CDC wants it. You can contact one place for the ASIP, but you can't contact each individual member. So they list kind of their bios up there with their photos. And so I said, all right, well, let's go look up some of their professional stuff. So we started going through and looking up where they work and things like that, things that were on their bio. And we went and found those points of contact. How can we get into in touch with these people who are on the ASIP committee to ask them some direct questions? How can we get on? You know, I'm not suggesting to threaten or intimidate by any stretch of the imagination. So don't get that twisted and don't make that up. What I'm saying, though, is that you are appointed and you are now making decisions that affect tens of millions of Americans fam American families. In the case of the ASIP committee, it's 15 people. We should know who you are. We should know how and be able to contact you in a peaceful, in a professional manner to ask legitimate questions. Why in the world did you vote 15-0? Why did you have no problem with putting an experimental series of shots on a childhood schedule? Children are 99.99% likely to recover without even early treatment, according to the CDC. This isn't a necessary shot. The clinical trials don't end until 2023 for the primary clinical trials, or in late 2022 for Moderna. But they certainly, all the clinical trials at the, on the day of the vote are still in progress. That means there's no way these can be approved. When you look at the FDA approval letter, uh, letter for um, Corminati, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, and I don't care. Um, you know, when you look at it, they say that that substance can't be fully FDA approved until 2027. When you actually read the letter, the last clinical trial doesn't end until 2027. So that can't be FDA approved to then. So explain to me how something still in clinical trial with known implications for myocarditis myocarditis in children. Dr. Peter McCullough said it's uh, the infection. It's four out of every million kids are going to develop myocarditis. But for the injections, it's 25,000 out of every million are going to develop myocarditis. That's how. That's why it got the warning. That's why the shots got the warning for the kids. Okay, so we know it injures. You. We've talked about Simone Scott and Ernesto Ramirez Jr. and uh, we've talked about Maddie DeGarry, and we've talked about so many people, so many of these kids who were either killed or severely injured by the shots. There's never been a shot in clinical trial added to the childhood schedule. That's never happened before, but it just happened this week. And these 15 people did it. These 15 people did it. It's not ASIP that did it. It's these 15 people. So let's meet them real quick before we go to break, shall we? These are the people that don't care about your children. Now, there is an executive secretary by the name of Dr. Melinda Wharton. She is not listed as a voting member, but she is involved heavily with the ASIP uh, committee. There is Lynn Bata, Dr. Lynn Bata, Dr. Beth Bell, Dr. Oliver Brooks, Dr. Wilbur Chen. Roll call, right? Yeah. 
It's time for us to start keeping records on these people. Dr. Sybil Zaneas, Dr. Matthew Daly, Dr. Camille Cotton, Dr. Jamie Lohr, Dr. Grace Lee, who's the who's the um, uh, the chief board member or whatever they're calling her here. Dr. Sarah Long, doc, Dr. Catherine Poling, and Veronica McNally, who's not a doctor. Dr. Pablo Sanchez, Dr. Narav Shah, who works for the CDC Maine. I didn't know that the CDC could have divisions in states. So that was kind of news for me. Um, and then last but not least, Dr. Helen Talbot. Now, I don't know about you, but if you're going to vote 15-0 to put a shot that is still definitively in clinical trial according to clinicaltrials.gov, if you're going to vote in favor of putting that on a schedule in unison, if you're going to put that on a schedule when safety trials are still in progress, when efficacy trials have shown complete and utter failure, and when there is no statistical necessity based upon the CDC's own data, which you are telling me without fail is that there is an agenda here. And that agenda is always profitable. You have to follow the money. Now, I haven't followed the money on these people yet, but I think we should. But before we can even do that, we need to know who they are. And that's what I'm encouraging everyone to do now. Let's move away from blaming the CDC and blaming the FDA and blaming these alphabet soup organizations and the buildings that they're in and start exposing people. These are people making these horrific decisions. And I think it is our right at this point, after all we've been through, to be able to express our First Amendment freedom of speech. And when they share their information, their contact information publicly, to be able to contact them professionally and publicly and ask them some questions. We'll see if they respond or not. But I think they need to be heard. I think the public needs to be heard. And I think these people need to know that while they may be very pro-authoritarian, mandating in a Nazi-like fashion experimental products, that there are a lot of parents like me that aren't cool with that. And that we don't appreciate them trying to play God over the children that we love so dearly. If they want to do that with their kids, that's your freedom to do it. But don't sit here and try and add something to the schedule that you know is an experiment, you know is in clinical trial, and then back out and say, well, it's not, we're not mandating it. We're just saying, you know, that the states will decide. That's nonsense. You know exactly what you're doing. You're adding it to the schedule, which means that the states that already are in that direction of saying that kids can't access their education without getting the shots, that's another risk that a child and a parent has to take 
in order to simply get an education that our tax dollars are supposed to provide. And quite frankly, it's an inferior education. It's more of an indoctrination at this point that kids are getting. So maybe this is the blessing that we're going to get our kids out of this. And this is the final straw for a lot of parents, even more parents. And they're saying, you know what? I will homeschool my kid. We will figure something else out because this doesn't work. And it certainly doesn't work when 15 people get to decide for millions what should and should not go into their bodies. When 15 people who weren't elected get to make a decision that has dramatic repercussions for millions of children. There's right and there's wrong. And this is wrong. So what I'm thinking is let's bring it to the light. Let's bring it to the light and let's, if we feel inspired and peaceful, right? And loving. I'm not advocating for any threats. I'm not advocating for anything that could be construed as intimidating. What I am advocating for is that you have a right to ask questions of these people, questions that no one is asking them because they made a vote and now get to shrink back into their hiding places in plain sight throughout the public. Well, let's shift that. Let's say, you know what? You just made a very serious decision. Let's ask you some questions about why you did that. And let's see if your response, if you have the courage to give one even, let's see if your response stands up to the overwhelming amount of factual evidence we have at our disposal now. Folks, I think we have to change our tactics a little bit is what I'm suggesting. And let's have a little bit more courage to let these people know that we know who you are too. And let's see if that shifts some of these behaviors. I am still in shock that every single one of these members of the ASIP committee voted in favor of adding a product still in clinical trial to children's schedule, the children's vaccine schedule. I'm still beside myself with this reality. And I start thinking, what are we going to do? Well, I think it's appropriate to ask questions, questions directly to the people who made those votes. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. Energetic Health Radio is sponsored by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people just like you. Check out our holistic nutrition certification, our certifications in cleansing and fasting, even our vaccine specialist certification. You'll love all of them. And folks, we have just released a 
new course that I want you to have access to, I want you to get. It's called The Art of Cellular Healing. And it is designed and inspired by people in desperate need of hope. That this course can be that hope for you to help you get stable so that we can buy more time to figure out how to help you get into a full state of recovery. Um, If you are injured by the shots, if you are dealing with long COVID, and if neither of those apply, but you have some health issues that are challenging you. Folks, hmm, we have a lot of work to do, but we can make tomorrow amazing. Check us out at energetichealthinstitute.org. That's energetichealthinstitute.org for more information. And we would love to meet you. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. Cold and flu season is here. Wouldn't it be great if you had a way to minimize airborne viral threats? Well, now there is, and it's a pulvinone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray called Cofix RX. You might even say it's just what the doctor ordered. To reduce your chance of getting hurt, you wear a safety belt when you're driving. To limit sun damage, you wear sunscreen on the beach. Cofix RX is just like that. It's an additional layer of protection. It's sold by thousands of pharmacists and medical doctors nationwide. It's made right here in the USA. Again, it's a pulvinone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray. You've heard them talk about it here on the Outloud Network over and over again. Check out CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com for a retailer near you or use coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off at CofixRx.com. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com, where we're healing America one person at a time. and ask me, Malcolm, how do we fight the corruption? Robert Frost has said it best, freedom lies in being bold. Well, for six incredible years, bold is America out loud. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, You're ready for anything. All right, folks, welcome back. You know, it's always heavy 
chatting about the incessant. I mean, I've never seen this this in this level of just incessant push, right? It, it makes me feel like there's an incredible desperation at this point on their on their part. They think they had the high ground last year in 2021. And rather than just taking their wins, kind of like knowing when to walk away from the tables at Vegas, they pressed their luck. And now they've overplayed their hands so much that they're just making mistake after mistake, but they're kind of in this, you know, you know, kind of Game of Thrones kind of experience where it's like you either win or you die kind of deal. And I think they're they're sensing that. We have a lot of work to do to put them where they need to go, and that's before justice. Um, but something just makes me feel like this is just desperate. You know, the the ASIP and the Boston U and all these things that they they can feel the walls closing in around them. You know, the whole world is up at this point. And I'm really proud of everybody who's who's stuck with it. I'm grateful for everyone who's stuck with it. Now, moving on to some, I think, happier topics, because I could certainly use a little bit more happy, you know, it, you know, it's been a it's been a, a lot of good. And sometimes we forget about the good that goes on. Sometimes we forget amidst all of this fight and this constant kind of, you know, state of stress that we stay in, right? Of, of what's coming next and what am I going to have to fight next? And it's, I think, a little easier to just be like, you know, it doesn't matter what they bring. I'm going to fight them, right? I love my country and I'm going to fight for it. I love my family. I'm going to fight for my family. I love God. I'm going to fight for God. I love love. I'm going to fight for love. You know, it, it's easier just to accept that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they do. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight for the things that I love, the things that I believe in, you know? We, we, we can sometimes in that process of being so combative all the time, we can forget the important part of our humanity. I know this happens to me frequently, you know, cause I'm very prone to getting like fired up about some stuff and I can forget that there's a lot of good things going on. You know, we were just talking about it this weekend. I, I, I got, I got to spend, you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not doing this fanboy, but I am a huge fanboy of his, but I'm not doing this as a fanboy. I'm just saying, I got to hang out with Dr. Peter McCullough and talk healing and talk about this call to service that we both feel for, you know, being blessed to be alive in this time and being trusted to be leaders and, and, you know, called into this, called to, into service by God, you know, how, how incredible of a anointment that really is. You know, we got to, um, we got to talk about some situational stuff and, you know, I mean, the dude is just brilliant. I mean, absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, got to hang out with Dr. Ben Marble, who is just a hoot. I mean, that guy, that guy will make you feel good in a bad time like nobody's been. It's the funniest, funniest presentation I've ever said, seen on COVID with the best delivery. Um, the, the resilience of Dr. Angie Farella, the, the, the passion of Dr. Jeff Barkey, the, you know, and, and then I get to share a stage with these incredible people and share what I'm doing, talking about, you know, how to heal the hurt how to get into fasting and autophagocytosis and, and DNA repair, right? Like that's, that's what really got me 
got me going to be right to honest with you. I was like, wow, you know, sometimes I got to pinch myself and to have so many really awesome people in the audience, healthcare professionals, people who really care and wanting to learn and wanting to share what they know as well, you know, so that it's this wonderful exchange of information and ideas in this beautiful setting. We were in Sedona, Arizona. It's a magical place. You know, you just, it's a place to see something so beautiful that you can literally feel thousands of years ago, people walking through the same area and having the exact same experience. You can feel that kinship with all of the good energy and the awe that God and nature can create in a place, you know, all all together. It's just this, it's this magical time, you know, and we get into these wonderful conversations. We start having these wonderful experiences. We start realizing that there's something really special that's been going on. And that special, special thing is while this is the worst possible circumstances to have to come together over, you know, I mean, I don't know that we should be arguing for which is worse, this or that, you know what I mean? They're all bad. But even in that bad, there's good. There's the good of connecting with people that are like-minded. And and Peter said something to me that I thought was really awesome. He said, you know what's interesting? He said, no, what? He said, I have all new friends now. (laughs) I I was like, yeah, almost me too, pretty much, right? You know? And I wouldn't trade any of these new friends for anything ever, because these are all people that stepped up when they were called into duty. You know, these are literally now brothers and sisters that we've made. We are family. We are Ohana together. You know, and it's a privilege to be among these great people. It's a privilege to be fighting in this time, fighting for love and for what's right in this time. And it's an incredible honor to be able to share what I've learned with the world, you know, and show that there are other ways, better ways than this, that we are better than this. And we don't have to pretend that we're not for somebody else's feelings. No. I really like the way that Carrie Lake is doing things. I'm just going to tell you what it is. I'm not going to be mean about it. I'm just going to tell you matter-of-factly and also let you know that when you're trying to be cute with me, I'm not going to play that game. And she's awesome, absolutely awesome at it. I think there's a lot to learn from how she handles it, a lot of grace, but a lot of grit. She's got that beautiful combination of grace and grit that you just love in people. What I'm, what I'm saying to you is, is this, that even in the bad, there's been good. And that good has been us coming together and finding each other. And think about all the wonderful relationships you've made now. Yeah, we wish it wasn't under these circumstances, but that it's happened at all is really the magic. So, you know, um, same thing with uh, Malcolm on the, the eight steps, you know, to the health and freedom series that we've been doing. It's just been so much fun every Thursday when we record waking up and talking with him for an hour and a half. I mean, this is a guy that is just relentless in helping to get 
helping people get their unique messages out. And he's created this incredible community on America Out Loud of people that genuinely care about their country and each other. He's built unity. He's brought people together, you know, and it's, it's a privilege to be a part of that. So I think there's a lot for us to really look to and say, hey, you know, there's some goodness out here too. Make sure we're keeping that in mind. One of the questions I ask myself in the morning when I'm getting my head and my heart right, you know, is um, who's in control of how I feel about me, me, who's in control of how I feel about what's going on in the world, me, and who's in control of how I feel about my life, including the power to change it as I see fit, me. But there's, those are the first three questions that kind of just get me in a good flow. It's the fourth question, though, that I think is really important for us to ponder every day, especially with, you know, we're, let's not kid ourselves. We, it's, there's darkness all around all the time now, right? It's, it's ever present. But just because it's ever present doesn't mean we need to let it dim our light at all. And I think to make sure we keep our light flowing, it's getting into something very simple. What's good? Well, what's good is knowing you. What's good is having an opportunity to connect with you, whether it's on this radio show or at a conference or online or whatever. It it doesn't matter that good people have really reached out and started stepping up in great quantities to show that we believe in something greater than ourselves, that we believe in this ideal of freedom and the preservation of it for future generations, that we believe that, you know, injuring children is wrong and that we're willing to do something about it, that we believe in fr- that freedom is right and we're willing to do something about it to anyone who seeks to take it away, even if they do it with a smile and even if they tell us it's for our own good. You know, it's an honor to do what we do. Yeah, it's tiring, it's it's exhausting. We wish we didn't have to do it, especially after all the work we've put in just to get to here. But you know what? The alternative sucks. The alternative of not doing it and letting them run over us like we're blades of grass, that, that sucks. So that's not happening. When I spoke at the event, you know, the title of the lecture was How to Heal the Hurt. And that's where we're at. You know, I've had some doctors um, make some statements that I, I just, I disagree with respectfully, of course. One of those statements has been for people who have gotten the shot that everybody's genetically modified. No, we have no indication of that. That's likely not happening. And I would say that the people most likely to be injured by the shots genetically modified long-term are people that had either known or unknown methylation issues. So we, we talked about that in the, in the presentation. So make sure you watch the video. I want you to just really see that. I don't want to, you know, I'm just going to give you a couple highlights in there, you know, cause we, people are asking, well, how is it that some people got the shot and nothing happened to them? And how was it that, you know, some people got the shot and, and it like killed them. Like what's going on? I said, look, there's, there's a couple things to that. You know, number one is quality control, right? The quality control on the shots and what's in the vials has been terrible. Everybody knows that. 
So some people are getting higher concentrations of things. Some people are getting stuff that's probably more towards saline. So there's that first thing. The second thing is going to be how it was handled. You know, there was this big deal about temperature for this product, right? But everybody knows they didn't have super cooled um, freezers at, at, you know, Costco and places like that. So what happened? What changed? We don't know. Not yet. Right. So the handling of this product, you know, is a big deal. Then the third thing is now you start getting into a person's genetics. Can, if a person, a person who is MTHFR disorder, that means they don't methylate. So methyl, methyl groups are important, crucial for the DNA to be able to protect itself. So people who don't methylate, their DNA is always a little bit, bit more vulnerable, a little bit more exposed, a little bit more prone to being damaged. Now, if you take and inject an mRNA sequence into their cell and that mRNA sequence reverse transcribes, those are the people I suspect today, those are the people that are more likely to be genetically modified. But we know that not every person is a poor methylator, for example. So it stands to reason that there are a lot of people that got the shots but didn't get genetically modified. Okay, so that's a, that's a factor. But we also know there's a lot who did. And that's pretty apparent by what we're seeing with um, the acceleration of cancer in under 50 years of age populations. Um, you know, the work that Dr. Ed, uh, it's not, not doctor, but um, Ed Dowd has put together and Catherine Austin Fitz, you know, and, and wonderful people like that, great researchers have put together um, work that John uh, Bodwin is done in Massachusetts. Fantastic work analyzing death certificate data. The only place that I know of that we have death certificate data in the country uh, is thanks to him. So, you know, there, we, we are seeing very clearly the impact of these shots. And we have a, a paper that's going to be coming out really sh uh, soon for you. That'll drop, definitely drop your jaw a little bit more. But what we are looking at, you know, um, what we're looking at with all this is there's likely a reason, and we can start asking these questions and get to that reason. So there's other questions that, that people have, you know, okay, well, how do I get this out? Well, you know, I think it's a very important methodical process that we put together. It's something that we um, have broken into three stages. Um, we're calling right now rejuvenation, detoxification, and then stage three, regeneration and organizing natural therapies into each one and goals, you know, therapeutic goals into each one. So we know when a patient graduates from one stage to the next stage. So we can start really developing this process for helping people move from genetically modified and injured and really scared and, and likely failing um, into at least a place of stability, then a place of detoxification, then a place of regeneration. And it's in that regeneration phase that we start talking about uh, DNA repair, right? Um, so there's, there's so, so much with this. We still have a lot to learn. I keep, keep wanting to emphasize that, but we've learned a lot too. And that's why I put together the course, The Art of Cellular Healing at the Energetic Health Institute, so that we could start getting out what we've learned so far out, uh, out to the public and then start building from there now. Right. Um, you know, I am going to participate in all of the key things that are on mission, folks. Um, like I've said, you know, we have to help 
the people who are hurt. Well, I'm participating in that in a big way. You know, I love working with people who are severely injured to do everything I can to help them. I love volunteering in that way. I feel good. Like I've done the right thing there. You know what I mean? I really appreciate everybody's donations on that because we do make sure every dollar that comes in for that purpose goes for that purpose. Okay. So I'll put a link into the show notes for anybody who's interested in donating. We really appreciate that stuff. We make it work, folks. We can do a lot with so little. Um, to help people. Um, we, you know, are going to be opening up this, uh, this Q&A consultation clinic, you know, starting in November. We, we just, we can't wait for justice on this. Too many people are going to suffer. Too many are going to die if we wait. We have to get started on the work of solving this other problem while we are simultaneously in pursuit of accountability and justice for the people who've been hurt, the people who've been lied to, the people who've lost so much, right? And then the third thing is making sure it never happens again. We got to make sure it never happens. Well, how do we do that? By being the best version of ourselves, for starters. You're never going to get rid of hate by hating people. And if you give in to hating Bill Gates, believe me, I've been on the doorstep a bunch of times and Fauci and these criminals, right? If you give in to hate, though, they've won. We are never going to be able to get rid of the energy of what they are by using the energy of what they are. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not talking about Pollyanna stuff here. What I'm talking about more than anything else is making a firm decision on who you are making a firm decision in what you will be about, what you will stand for, and what you will not. I will stand for our children. I will stand for everyone who's been injured by the shots. I will stand for every good person that has fought for selfless reasons on this. I will stand for them. I will stand with them but I will not stand for hating. I will not stand for people calling for violence. Justice, 100%. Violence, you're not, you, I'm not there. And I'm praying that I never have to get there. That we can mount so much pressure that the system has to honor and at least give us some of these sacrificial lambs for justice, the Fauci's and the peoples that they don't get to ride off with a golden parachute. They get to go to jail. And that the people who've been lied to, the people who have been injured, get the compensation and the help they need for it. And it's not the American taxpayer that's going to pay it. It's the industry that has been profiting off of their demise. You see what I'm saying? Like there's a right way to do things here. And people are like, wow, you're just dreaming. No, I'm not. And if you don't think that what I'm talking about is possible, then I'm going to tell you you're dreaming too. That we're both dreaming. It's just that my dream feels good. 
and yours is in support of a continued nightmare. The reality is that the greatest energy always prevails. So we better get square on what our dreams are. We better get square on what our mission is, what our goals are. And if we're going to put all of this energy into this, why would we put an ounce of energy in to support an outcome that we don't want? You see what I'm saying? When you are worried about something working or not working, when you say, oh, that, that'll never work or this won't work or there's no way once they get the shot, they're going to be genetically modified forever. No, that's not how the cell works. That's not how the nucleus and DNA works. But anyway, if that's your attitude, what you are saying is I am accepting a nightmare. Instead of saying, nope, we are going to shine the light on that nightmare and create a beautiful vision for the future together because that's possible. And that's what I'm about. And that's what I hope you're about too. Now, I know I'm preaching a little bit and I, so we need a little bit of that here and there, right? We have the power to create this. And it starts by making sure we do something that I want you to check out in these videos. Very, very important. I want you to check this out, okay? There's something that I do at the very end of the video with everybody in the crowd. And it totally shifted the energy of the entire room in a second. And it's something that when you see it, it's going to make you feel good. And it's something that when you see it, you're going to think to yourself, I can do that too. Because the truth is, you can. So I'm going to leave that one to you. I'm not going to get very deep into what we talked about and the specificity. I think it's better to watch the video because you'll get to see the slides on screen for the presentation as well. So there's some visuals that make it a lot easier to understand what we're, what we're talking about. And it's a, it's a pretty deep conversation. But what it does overall is it brings hope. What the art of cellular healing does is it brings hope. What our, our upcoming Q&A consultation sessions are going to do is bring hope. What we're doing with the grand jury work brings hope. What we're about to do with, um, you know, I'm going to contact some of these people in this ACIP meeting and at the Boston University and some of these groups, I'm going to contact them and I'm going to let them know that, hey, I have some questions. I have some legitimate questions. I want to know why you voted the way you did. I want to know what you're thinking. I want to know what you're doing playing God, or at least attempting to, over the lives of so many good people in the world. That in that position, you have an awesome responsibility. And one of those responsibilities is to challenge what they are proposing, not go along with it because you are benefiting from going along with it. That there's much more at stake than your bank accounts. So folks, we have a lot of work to do. Let's not kid ourselves, but also let's not feel like it's insurmountable. Let's not feel like it can't be accomplished. Let's not feel like no matter what we do, nothing is going to work. That's not true. It already has worked. How do I know we've found each other? That was the hard part. Let me say that to you again. It bears repeating. How do I know 
that what we are doing has already worked. We've found each other. That was the hard part. Now, what I want to do is always leave with a blessing. Next week, we're going to have an actual talk. My dad is going to be on, right? And how cool is that? We're going to have an honest conversation about slavery. We're going to have an honest conversation about slavery. And you're going to see that some of the things that you say, say and think about slavery are valid from an actual professor of 42 years. But you're also maybe going to get a little bit different perspective on a couple things too. And what we're going to get to more than anything else in that conversation, because we're going to have Kevin Jenkins on and Dr. Christina Parks on, and maybe even Sheila Ely and a couple other folks on as well. What we're going to get to in that conversation is demonstrating the parallels of how slavery was rolled out in this country, really starting in Virginia, um, but how slavery was rolled out at a state-by-state level until the entire nation had been swept with it. And how they are attempting to do that same playbook again here for the new digital slavery, the cryptocurrencies, the, you know, the, um, those kind of things, right? Where they would have complete control over your credits and your credit system. Those, um, the Vax passport that Americans resoundly said no to, right? All of this nonsense. We're going to show the parallels between slavery, the old, and slavery, the new, that they're attempting to do. So it's going to be a great conversation. Uh, can't wait to have you on uh, with us. We will, um, yeah, hope also check out the article that got published. Uh, I want you to see these 15 people, right? We can't let them hide anymore. We can't let them make a decision like this and not be asked questions, not know that their decisions do not meet with our approval as well, right? We can't do that. 15-0 on a vote, give me a break. That's ridiculous. There's, that's no, not on, not on this topic. So what I'll say to you in closing is, may God shine his divine light down upon us all, everyone we love, and surround us in the protection of his warm embrace. Remember, folks, as friends of God, we have four challenges, four right now, and we can meet these challenges. Take no offense. Speak truth. Be selfless and remain humble. You do those four things and you are a proud friend of God. We'll see you next week, folks. I'm Dr. Henry Ely for Energetic Health Radio and the Energetic Health Institute. Have a beautiful, beautiful weekend. <laughs>